0: 15 seconds remain, Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini. he'll shoot, save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick, six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores! It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead.
1: Bing Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. We sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like. Hey, hey. <laughs> He cut out eight bars the dirty bastard <laughs> and I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut why don't somebody tell me these things around here holy Christ I'm going off my nuts
0: <clears throat> uh, the last bastion of freeform WCBN FM and i Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. (laughs) Oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone.
1: Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. Jim Dwyer will probably be joining us momentarily. Might be parking problems today even though it's August in Ann Arbor. August 1st, and the conventions are finally over, yee-haw. Uh, (laughs) Only Donald Trump, at the end of the week, I think is uh, dazed and confused, mainly confused. Uh, He had a particularly bad week, and it's kind of interesting that over the past two weeks, the two kind of big stories that have not gotten maybe as much traction as they should have were the demise of Roger Ailes, uh, formerly head of Fox News, and uh, some of the voting rights uh, rulings in various states that have struck down restrictions on voting rights that uh, we have argued uh, here on Gray Matters over the years have been uh, misdirected, uh, imaginary problems involving voter fraud, and are openly designed to... Um, prohibit or restrict, I should say, the voting rights of African Americans, Hispanics, and I would argue also college students are sometimes overlooked in that equation. But many uh, states have come up with uh, restrictive rules that actually hurt the turnout of college students in uh, some some of the states. And, you know, at this point going forward, we're obviously looking at a close election. I would say that Hillary Clinton has a slight lead. And to put it into football terms, uh, she's ahead at the end of the third quarter, up by a field goal, and she's trying to run the ball. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is Roman Gabriel in, reincarnated. He keeps dropping back the pass, fumbling the ball. He's getting sacked. When he throws the ball, it's getting intercepted. He's a disaster. And, of course, the latest disaster for him is, and he had a very bad week, in my opinion, because it's, it's kind of interesting. In previous presidential elections, it's sort of been the decorum of the two major parties to allow the one party to have their kind of week in the spotlight. You have spokesmen appearing in the spin room, TV uh, talk shows and whatnot. But the other candidate usually sort of takes the week off, often doesn't even campaign. It's a good chance to rest up, after all. Rest up. Uh, and maybe that's Donald Trump's problem. Uh, his face is getting puffier and puffier, and his complexion is getting oranger and oranger. Um, and, of course, uh, it's not the, uh, the question of whether or not he has investments in Russia. The questions are, do the Russians have investments with him? And it's time for Donald Trump to release his taxes— It's time for Donald Trump to uh, show these business dealings that he has had with Russian oligarchs and the other Eastern European oligarchs. It's fascinating, of course, that uh, uh, his main campaign manager, Paul Manafort, does have serious uh, past uh, connections to uh, um, the former leader of the Ukraine. This week with... George Stephanopoulos, that was the interview that may be the interview that Donald Trump never recovers from. Here he decides, I'm going to continue my attacks on the family, the father and mother of the fallen soldier. I guess they have a word for this, the gold star. Gold star families. That goes
0: back to World War One, by the way, yeah. where uh, you put a star in the window, the
1: neighborhood shares in the grieving. And I heard over the weekend, by the way, that the Houston Chronicle has already endorsed Hillary Clinton uh, based on uh, Donald Trump's recklessness. Almost unprecedented uh, for a newspaper to come out this early in Texas, no less. Mm. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Donald Trump is uh, digging himself into the uh, proverbial ditch and he keeps digging and... uh, Somebody ought to send him 50 feet of rope. He needs more. And, you know, the the DNC email thing, you know, that kind of blew over pretty quickly. But Donald Trump wouldn't let that go. Then he got confused and he tried to conflate the DNC email stuff that's all kind of trivial nonsense. Chatter within the office about donors and what to do do with uh, these donors and... Where are they going to be seated at this gala event and all that kind of stuff? And, yeah, that's the sausage of politics. Big deal. It, it happens.
0: Well, and I think a lot of the younger Bernie supporters, not as familiar with the, the grueling sausage machine that is a political campaign, don't really understand uh, or are willfully misrepresenting. The nature of the comments within these emails to represent some vast anti-Bernie conspiracy.
1: Yeah, and I don't think there really was a, a vast conspiracy. I think it's uh, it, it, you know, like I said last week, I think this will turn out to be embarrassing. Once again, we're having confusion here about the difference between the hacking and the leaking. Now, I don't know who's involved in the hacking. Uh, the FBI is uh, investigating this this case at this point. We know who's involved in the leaking. The leaking is, was perpetrated by WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. Now, he has his own agenda. You know, it's, it's interesting, by the way, earlier this uh, f- spring, there was a, a leaking scandal called the Panama Papers. Mm. And it's interesting that it turned out that David Cameron had some, quote, offshore investments he, of course, was leading the, uh, the uh, British campaign to remain. So even this leaking contributed to some of David Cameron's public perception problems uh, leading the, the uh, Conservative Party in Great Britain. And, of course, we've seen recently what's happened to him. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is winning the social media war because he keeps generating publicity with his foolish comments. And, of course, when we learn about how Google operates with analytics and algorithms and the 10 most frequently men- mentioned stories start leaping up on the page, and really important scandals start declining on the page, uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, and, of course, our democracy, in my opinion, its crisis is not so much about the money Um It's pointed out that Americans spend more money on potato chips in a year than is spent on politics. You may find that hard to believe. The real scandal is outside money and untraceable money that's being thrown into local elections. The real problem is gerrymandering and the manipulation of voter districts that show that a state like Pennsylvania that voted uh, 51% for the Democrats in the last congressional rounds only have like 28% of the seats. And make no mistake of this, uh, this is going to be a close election. Uh, the last time the, Democrat, the Democratic Party has had two uh, instances in, in the last uh, 70 years where they've been this divided on the surface, 1968 and 1948. Now, in 1968, the problem was the Vietnam War, And the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy played a big role in that election. In 48, the Democrats had a walkout by uh, the racist uh, Strom Thurmond, who formed the Dixiecrats and later became a Republican. And then on the far left, uh, you sort of had a Bernie Sanders figure in Henry Wallace. Mm -hmm. Henry Wallace didn't even get 3% of the vote. Strom Thurmond carried a number of states in the deep Dixiecrats South. And, of course, the media thought Truman was going to lose. Famous headline, Dewey Defeats Truman. That newspaper, by the way, was a famous Roosevelt-hating newspaper, the Chicago Tribune. (laughs) Robert McCormick, the publisher, by the way, was one of the sort of founding members of the America First Committee. Interesting. Uh, Truman, by the way, he only won Ohio by 7,000... 107 votes. He carried California by 17,000 votes, and he won Illinois by only 33,000 votes. So you can see that that elections like this are still potentially very close, but it's interesting that just today Hillary Clinton was in Nebraska campaigning. You go, what? What? What What's she doing there? It's one of the red states. Well, guess what? Nebraska has... Three ele- electoral votes that are apportioned through their uh, oh, congressional districts. Yeah. yeah, they have five total electoral votes because the electoral votes are the senators plus the House. But they distribute their electoral votes based on congressional district. And there's a distinct possibility that the city of Omaha and its surrounding region may actually vote Democratic in this particular election because Donald Trump, he keeps fumbling the ball. He's in the he's in the game and he's playing without his helmet, which makes you wonder why people
0: do choose to support him. I mean, it, it's it's getting to the point where it's baffling. to To me, I see the potential here, and I know your track record on predicting uh, and uh, calling elections is pretty damn good over the years. As both a member of the show and a listener to the show for a long time. Dick Whaley's track record is is pretty excellent, but um, this seems like such a bizarre race where the Republican candidate is so weak, so talentless. I mean, none of the skill set necessary to be a successful chief executive. I mean, let's face it, uh, Donald Trump may be a rich guy, but he's not... A successful chief executive, because otherwise he'd be so comfortably ensconced in his, you know, billionaire enterprises that ah, who needs the bother and the headache of running for office. It's a lot of work running for president. Yeah. Um, So is is Cheech Marin or excuse me, Tommy Chong, right, that Trump has outed all the morons and that anybody who openly supports Trump must therefore be a moron? Part of that seems to be true, but some seem to just willfully suspend their disgust and go, Well, I boy, I, I hate Hillary so much that I'll vote for this completely worthless candidate simply because my hate for Hillary is so strong. Um, I still have a, a very strong gut sense, for me personally, that there are gonna be plenty of Republicans who can't and won't vote for Donald
1: Trump. No. And so Well, one Senate candidate has already openly refused to endorse Trump and is running around Trump. His name is Mark Kirk from Illinois. I'd also like to point out that Jeff Flake from Arizona, I think, has been very uh, outspoken in critiquing Trump and has refused to endorse him. And I see him actually as a rising star within the Republican Party. John McCain, of course, is in a tough re-election bid in Arizona, and the fact that Arizona is going to be competitive this this time around is an ind- indication of how seriously uh, problematic the Donald Trump's election is going to be. The other thing that's fascinating about the recent uh, sort of weakness of both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, because let's face it, they both have their problems and weaknesses. For sure. Uh, they have some, some strengths as well, but... Uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is the state of North Carolina. In 2008, Barack Obama won North Carolina with uh, by only 14,000 votes. Uh, he got 2.142 million, and McCain got 1.28 million. Well, guess what? The libertarian candidate in North Carolina was the difference in the election. In the last round in 2012, Romney recaptured North Carolina for the Republicans. Romney ran a significantly better campaign than John McCain, in my opinion, for a variety of reasons, Uh, Paul Ryan being palpably superior to the brainless Sarah Palin. But in that particular election, Romney only won uh, North Carolina by slightly under 100,000 votes. And the Libertarian in that race, got 44,000 votes. So I can see Gary Johnson and William Weld, who are the Libertarian Party candidates, and they're probably on the ballot in all 50 states, I can see them hurting Trump even in some of these quote-unquote leaning red states, which indicates why the playing field at the moment is so perilous for Trump. Trump is banking on a kind of strange theory that He can win Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. because people are pretty much saying he's got to win all three of those states or he doesn't have a prayer. Um, Michigan is exceedingly problematic for Donald Trump. Just like to point out that in 2008, Obama won Michigan with uh, 800,000 vote margin. Um, That's significant. That's not easy to peck into. Um, well,
0: and you suspect that uh, although it's been blown out of the water as a, a headline story, uh, things aren't much better in Flint than they were a few months ago. I suspect that's likely to return as a as an issue.
1: Yeah, and of course, nobody's going to be seen on, on the campaign trail with Rick Snyder. I don't even absolutely, think, yeah. I don't even think the Putin stay home, the Putin Pence ticket would uh, invite him to the uh, <laughs> to. To an event, so when a governor in a state is pretty much toxic, for
0: or in the case of Ohio, where uh, Kasich has, you know, openly he's not endorsing Hillary, but he didn't even go to the convention, didn't even go to the convention. which was in his state,
1: and and by the way, uh, to Kasich's credit, he was the first one to openly address Donald Trump's uh, problem with immigration. Uh Trump has two absolutely preposterous proposals. Uh the media of course focuses on the wall. And Trump has an interesting comment that he makes from time to time. I'm building a wall. He used that in response to attacking the, the judge who he accused of being biased because of his Mexican heritage. He said, Well, I'm building a wall. Well <laughs> you're you're digging a ditch, dude. You're You need more rope to get out of that ditch. Uh, So, you know, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that Donald Trump could win Michigan, but I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening because the votes in Michigan are primarily in the I-96, I-94, U.S. 131 corridor. You know, Detroit, Lansing, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, Jackson, Ann Arbor, Ipsy. And let's face it, Hillary Clinton got out-campaigned in Michigan by Bernie Sanders. Campaigning mm-hmm. matters. Bernie made one brilliant move in the Michigan primary, if you, if, if, just to refresh your memory. He gave an early speech at the Convocation Center in Ypsilanti. He gave a late speech last second, the night before the primary here in Ann Arbor at Chrysler Arena. He won Washington County. That's why campaigning and the infrastructure of campaigning does matter. And that is one area where Hillary Clinton has a big advantage. Even the Democratic convention that I thought was pretty smooth for the most part. You know, they had some problems on Monday morning with the Debbie Washerman-Schultz situation little unrest in that first evening. Um, they got rid of that immediately because Debbie Wasserman Schultz res- resigned her ceremonial post of gaveling in the convention. And next, Bernie spoke pretty early, too. Yeah. And then the next day, and of course, Michelle Obama gave, uh, by all uh, pundits experts, one of the top two speeches um, on Monday night. Yep. And certainly the uh, poignant speech by the father of uh, the fallen soldier, who Trump has been f- carrying on a feud with for the last three days. He won't give it up. It's it's remarkably incredible. You know the French believe in liberty, fraternity, and equality. Groucho Marx in. Hail, hey, <laughs> Believed in what was it? Artillery, cavalry, and infantry. <laughs> Donald Trump believes in mendacity, stupidity, and cruelty. Because you, I don't see how he thinks he can benefit by attacking the parents of this family, of, of the fallen soldier. It's it's remarkable stupidity. The the smartest
0: thing to do <laughs> would have been just to. Do nothing at all. Yes. Just okay. That was their speech. Got a big, you know, rise out of the crowd. And let's face it, uh, Mr. Khan gave a superb speech. It did a couple of, uh, you know, you've sacrificed nothing. What a great line. Sure. And uh, have you even read the Constitution here? You can borrow my mm-hmm. copy. And uh, uh, apparently, uh, sales of pocket constitutions uh, has skyrocketed over to the weekend. Good. Most, exactly. Most people. Haven't read the Constitution. It's a fascinating document, uh, beloved and admired the world over
1: uh, by freedom-loving peoples, and written under the spirit of compromise. That you Precisely. know, it's, it's a flawed document. Yeah, but it, the concept of a constitution, rather than a Trumpstitution, is that there was compromise, that there there were there were meetings. That was a long drawn out process. Um, and nobody course, gets yeah. everything they want. And it was the founding fathers, many of the same people that wrote the Declaration of Independence, which was essentially a, primarily written by Thomas Jefferson. But of course, there was a committee involved in that in terms of detailing what we once said. Um, yeah, Trump is is just, I mean, he's crossed the line here. There's no question about this. When you have the president of the veterans of foreign wars mm. stating Publicly, that Donald Trump, his comments are out of order, and and that's as right-wing an organization as you're going to find. Yeah, and how remarkable to see the Democrats (laughs) dragging forward to the you know to the earlier convention speeches that nobody was watching, unless you were a fan of C-SPAN. All the military and CIA people that pretty much said Donald Trump is dangerous. He doesn't understand things. He's advocating torture. Uh, One of the uh, uh, rear admirals, or I don't even remember his name, he actually had one of the best one-liners of the whole convention. He said, and I heard this on the radio, (laughs) he said, I know two things about something that Donald Trump doesn't know anything about. Then he paused. Law and order. And then, of course, he substantively attacked Trump on torture and even openly suggested and pointed out that Donald Trump, in in recent campaign appearances, has been suggesting that he would order torture and that the military brass pointed out that this is an unlawful order under international law. So the questions start to become, okay, Donald Trump doesn't know much about Putin's Annexation of the Ukraine—he flubbed that one on national TV yesterday.
0: Well, I mean, if I was there, he wouldn't be there. It's like you look at the quote and you're like,
1: "Okay, this is dissembling, if ever there was." Well, and then he and then he sort of rationalized it. Yeah. Now you can make arguments about the history of the Crimean Peninsula and whether the eastern Ukraine is part of the uh, you know former Russian Empire, because of course it was at one time. Um, there's even a famous war called the Korean mm. uh, Crimean, Crimean War. war. Charge of the Light Brigade—that uh, Donald Trump may not have served in—I sometimes think of General George Custer when I think of Donald Trump. He was also mentally uh, arrogant. Let's just—well, just the charitably other bizarre.
0: This this gaffe is lost in the uh, slurry of, of, of subsequent gaffes, but. After the uh, WikiLeaks, you know, the contents of the DNC emails were known, uh, Trump, of course, denied any knowledge or connection to that. But he's, oh, well, if the Russians could hack into Hillary's emails, you know, they should do that. Right. Uh, I I would would favor that. And although... Then there was an outcry over that because he... Even Nixon himself would puke at the notion, and believe me, skullduggery and behind-the-scenes machinations... Nixon's your man. Yeah. But uh, even Nixon would puke at the uh, open call for our nation's most cherished enemy (laughs) to come and uh, violate the electoral process here. Just bizarre.
1: Well, right. But not only bizarre, but usually when you uh, are involved in political espionage, if you want to call it that, you, you like to keep your fingers off the. Right. I don't know who did off that. The smoking gun. <laughs> you don't
0: publicly. Usually, call for as it. the
1: saying goes, to quote W.H. Auden, you want to be out of the room when the gun goes off. <laughs> Donald Trump seems to want to have the pistol in his hand while it's still smoking. And. Of course, there have been issues raised about his business connections to these Eastern European oligarchs and Russian um, oligarchs, as well as Paul Manafort. This is going to be part of the investigative shoe leather journalism that I think we'll we'll see more of in the next couple of weeks regarding Donald Trump's business connections to these uh, strange institutions. And as, as Donald Trump's was trying to exploit this whole thing he not only fumbled the whole thing up where he got the DNC emails conflated with the Russian with the Hillary server issue secretary of state thing right yeah he got those all muddled yeah. up in his brain cuz he issued one statement that contradicted the other one then he went on fox news on thursday after he realized he was in trouble and claimed he was joking and I was like, no, I heard your statement. You weren't joking. There wasn't any sarcasm in your voice. That's just what people say when they realize they've gone too far. Oh,
0: I was just joking. Yeah, because... Just messing around.
1: Like, like he did. He openly encouraged Russia yeah. to, quote, release... He said, you know, the FBI would love to have your evidence. Leak more, hack more. Okay, so people are confused once again because of all these terms that are being thrown around, and it's very important to understand the difference between the hacking and the leaking. WikiLeaks, even when they leaked all that stuff back in 2010, I read several books. really wasn't all that interesting. I mean, this DNC stuff is is trivial. Then Trump, on Monday, tried to exploit that. He said, oh, Hillary... Debbie Washerman Schultz was very loyal to Hillary Clinton. She threw, him, she threw her under the bus. That's what he was saying. And then, of course, the facts emerged that Hillary actually didn't care that much about it and said, well, just be prepared for the tumult. Well, she got lynch mobbed on Monday morning when she spoke uh, privately to the—met uh, with the Florida delegation. They whisked her out of the room, and then she resigned this ceremonial position of gaveling in the convention— mm-hmm. We didn't see much more of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Well, in fact, some of the inner office chatter in these DNC emails is about donors that don't like Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not this bit, or, and the difficulty that mid-level fundraisers and people that work in these offices, the difficulty they have with dealing with donors who are asking for favors mm-hmm. and are saying, well, what do I do? Do I... You know we'll have him call so and so and let him deal with the problem. So a lot of it is, bu- is is actually not conspiracy. It's buck passing. It's like, well, God, I don't want to deal with this headache. Why don't I let some other guy in the organization deal with this donor? Have, have him call uh, you know such and such a, 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 a gentleman in Washington.'ll he'll, he'll tell you what he can do about your seating problem at the gala event next right. uh, next month you know because this shows the triviality of and the pettiness of people and the and the you know well i'm giving money i need you know some some favors i need some recognition i need special treatment i need some whipped cream on my banana split and i need a cherry on top of the whipped governorship cream governorship in american samoa and i need to have my ice chilled I heard a couple of years ago when there was a, a movie being shot in Ann Arbor, and I'm not going to mention the actress, but a famous actress who uh, was pretty mediocre. She was demanding that her her ice be served in a metal bowl. Oh, yeah, the
0: sort of writers that know green M&Ms for the Van Halen backstage. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. Was Donald Trump around in 1968? Did he take the brown acid? Is he having a flashback? I don't know. But uh, he promises to make America great again. He's actually trying to make America Argentina again. And uh, the the problems with his various policy positions are remarkable. I expect the next couple of weeks to be fairly dull from the Democratic campaign perspective. They're just going to be out there chugging away on the trail with Tim Kaine who well there's nothing spectacular but he obama seems may like do a reliable some campaigning too. oh obama will definitely be out there yeah. but let's face facts nobody pays much attention anymore so remember that in 2012 135 million people voted for the two major candidates we only had uh, maybe 30 to 40 million total votes in the primaries so, the primaries have always been uh, not all that well participated mm-hmm. in. Donald Trump, for the record, his speech was actually regarded good to excellent by the fewest number of people in American history. Yet he'll claim, I won that round. The ratings were higher for me. Well, not much. And overall, the Democrats' convention ratings were higher. I think it's clear that the Democrats came out of their party convention more unified. And I think the Republicans are more troubled because Trump can't shut up, <laughs> can't stop talking. Yeah.
0: And there's still, as you say, uh, more rope uh, to come uh, over these next months. Uh, and again, reading the rooms, you know, watching a lot of both conventions, uh The last day of the Republican speech, uh, Republican convention,